Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing absolutely great. And uh, what a great time of worship this morning. My name's Pastor Matt, and uh, it's so great to be with you this morning. I have to shamelessly say, go Tigers, but we're going to love one another. And so that's really, really important right now. So uh, it's so great to be here uh, with you in your lounge rooms. Uh, It's so important that we uh, uh, gather together. I love what the Bible says. It says, do not forsake sake the gathering together and this is our way of gathering together at the moment until we're we are allowed to really celebrate even more face to face hand in hand arm arm in arm so it's going to be great we are continuing in our series at the moment with love one another and uh, this is going to be uh, important uh, an important shift this morning that I would just encourage you just to engage with uh, in an even greater way we're going to be talking about a concept that uh, has really stirred a bit of controversy over the years. Um, it may not be something that you've heard of, uh, but it's, it's certainly something that many theologians uh, have argued about, struggled with, and uh, I'm no theologian, uh, but uh, I'm going to attempt to tackle it this morning, and uh, hopefully, I know, not hopefully, I know you're going to get something out of it. We're going to be talking about... <clears throat> um, Uh, the word or the phrase or the concept called mutual submission. You see, loving one another requires us to be mutually submitted to each other. So I hope you've got your Bibles with you. I hope you've uh, got your notes uh, with you and uh, you can take notes as we go along. There's going to be scripture references and you can uh, check out the uh, the screen behind me and uh, read along. So look, everybody longs for connection to some extent at some Level. Now, that may not be deep connection with every single person you meet, uh, but everybody longs for connection at some point. It's in our DNA. Whether you come home after a long day and the family pet runs up to meet you, you know, you know it's, it's like, oh, this dog loves me. No one else does, but this dog does. You know what I mean? It's like we all long for connection. You know, at least somebody's happy to see you home or walk in uh, to, to the front door but at the same time we all even long for connection from a you know even if we were to walk into a restaurant if you were to walk into a restaurant and you walk in the door and you just sort of casually look around you see an empty seat and you go well that that'll be the one for me and if a waiter never comes to you in the first 25 minutes you go I'm longing for connection here. I want to take, I want to give them, I want somebody to take my order. I'm getting hungry. Like there's some connection at some point. Even if you walk into a room full of strangers, you want some connection, some acknowledgement that yep, you're, you've arrived in a safe place. Everybody longs for connection or at the very least everybody avoids rejection as best as we can because man rejection hurts rejection really really hurts it's isolating and let me tell you it is not part of kingdom's culture it is not part of Jesus plan for your life to you for you to be living in rejection and so connection is part of a kingdom culture. Connection is part of what Jesus wants and longs for your life. And so connection is the goal 
of our lives at varying levels. Connection provides strength and safety. Connection reduces anxiety in any and every relationship, no matter no, no matter whether that is a, that, that is the you know the local service station uh, attendant. You know when you walk in, there's some acknowledgement, some smile, and even with a smile, there is connection. Even I, I can just feel you smiling back at me right now. Just smile. I, I can feel it. I can feel the connection already. So you see, we even a smile, even to a complete stranger, is something of a connection itself. So I'm talking about any relationship really. It could be your local butcher, your mechanic, even your local real estate agent. More importantly, even your wife and husband or husband uh, and uh, or family member. Connection shows that you honour the other person regardless of how well you know them and I just want to hammer that home understand this that when we are looking for connection we are honoring the other person by building that connection whether it be a smile whether it be whether it be a particular um, uh, whether it be a, a particular gesture a high five a handshake a smile no matter what it is we are all longing for connection and so when we start to get connection in the way that the bible calls it calls for connection, we actually start to see a significant unity take place in our community. That's what common unity is all about, community, right? And so in Psalm 133, God actually says it this. He, said, he says that he commands a blessing when we are in unity, when we have right connection, when we have a God-honoring connection and an honoring one another connection, it is there that he commands the blessing. He commands a blessing that erupts out of normal human connection. When connection with others is lifted as our priority, God begins to move. When we make connection the absolute priority, when we make that, uh, that, that, that area of mutual submission to one another, then God commands the blessing. But it involves us seeing things differently. Turn to your neighbor there and say, you need to see things differently. So it's a bit like this. When somebody receives prescription glasses, they are only help, helpful if the prescription is correct, right? Have you ever put on somebody else's glasses? I've, I've, I've got a friend of mine, and man, he has like Coke bottle glasses. It's like they're thick, and when he puts them on, his eyes are just like magnified. Oh, you have beautiful, big brown eyes. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my gosh. And if I was to put them on, I would not be able to see a thing. Everything becomes a blur. But you see, when somebody receives those prescription glasses, they are only helpful to that particular person if the prescription is correct. But if not, their ability to see will be limited. In that same way, if we are not viewing life through Jesus' finished work at the cross and instead through our own experience, we'll lack the ability to see God's moments in front of us. 
And you see, that's what connection does. You may have been somebody who has experienced a terrible connection. And so therefore, your experience has determined that I will not build any connection with anybody else in my life, let alone a stranger in the street. You may be that person where connection is a scary place. I've got good news for you. Jesus is bringing those prescription glasses to see, help you see things from a kingdom perspective, to help you see life and other people very, very differently. So we're going to explore this today and what it means for you and I and how we can live out this kingdom principle. When we do, we actually prepare the way for Jesus to reach people in unprecedented ways with miraculous results. Are you ready for miraculous results? I hear you say yes. Amen? Come on. And so, you may have heard, you may not have heard the term mutual submission. If you haven't, that's okay. But what comes to mind when you hear it? What comes to mind when you hear the word mutual Submission. It's like mutual, it's kind of even, but then submission means, well, doesn't that just blow the whole mutual part of it? Because like submission means under. We're going to explore that. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to clarify that for you today, right? So for some, the analytical thinker who will dissect it thoroughly. For others, you may have a more face value approach. The truth is this. I have not been able to find the phrase mutual submission in the Bible, Right? However, what we will explore today is the biblical principle that some would call mutual submission. Mutual submission could even be described as the title of our series, Love One Another. You can literally take hand in hand with the definition that I'm using today. You can literally take love one another as a title and mutual submission and marry them together and they would be the same. However, loving one another can be hard to define also because what it means for a spouse means something completely different for a stranger in the street. You see, how we relate to each other is the key to bringing our life, bringing life, sorry, to our community. This brings life to your world, my world, and everyone in it. People, many people have taught on mutual submission from the scripture in Ephesians 5. Are you ready to go? Open your Bibles right now to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 28, uh, sorry, 21 through to 28. Now, I don't want to cause any problems here. So, so we're going to read this through. Don't jump to any conclusions of what you think this scripture is all about, okay? Because this one here has been the, the, the many beginning of theological arguments and uh, arguments between husbands and wives. So dare I say it, right? So, uh, so get ready. So submit, it says this in verse 21, Ephesians 5 verses 21 to 28. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their own husbands in everything. Stick with me on this one. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her 
to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Verse 28, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now, we're just going to go back to the top a little bit, and we're just going to expand a little bit on that, all right? Key verse, key verse out of everything that you have just read. I can feel the temperature in the room going up. I can, I, I can, feel, um, uh, I, I can feel wives getting nervous, husbands getting nervous, like just relax. We're just reducing the anxiety and connection is the goal. You understand? You ready? Okay. So key verse, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, our society says submit to one another if they're a good person. Submit to one another if they do the right thing by me. Submit to one another if they're actually going to help me and love me. Submit to one another. And we place all these different conditions down this path. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll only submit to my church leadership if, if, you know, if they do the right thing. Let me tell you, there's, there's an element of trust involved in this, but here is the key verse of what Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and it says, submit to one another, not based on all those conditions, but he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of reverence for Christ. So, so as we submit to one another, we actually revere Jesus. We come to him and we look at him in awe as to who he is, what he's doing, and we revere him. We lift him up because we're submitting to one another. That is the basis of marriage. That is the basis of connection. That is the basis of relationship. That is even the basis of meeting that stranger in the street. Out of reverence for Christ, we submit ourselves. Now, let's expand on that a little bit more. It goes on, wives, submit, to your, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. You know, husbands love that one. You hear, you hear what Matt said? Yeah, missus, did you hear what Matt said? You know, you, you, you ought to, he's a good bloke. You ought to listen to him. Just wait for it, husbands, because there's another condition coming out. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. What does Jesus do for the church? Does, it, does, does Jesus say when the church can, can do this or do that? Or does, it, does, does he lord over the church? He is lord over the church, but does he lord his own will over the church? No, as a church and as people of God, we have the ability to exercise our own will. We have the ability to, to, uh, to do things. We have the ability, dare I say, to have our own bank account, Right? It's extraordinary as we press into this scripture. Get ready. So here it says, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now, before all the husbands get a bit of a saviour complex, okay? Don't go there for the moment. Jesus is the saviour. You're the knight in shining armour in your family. I get all that. But we're going to keep on going. So now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should submit to their husbands in everything. Then verse 25, husbands, love your wives only if she cooks good dinner, only if she makes the bed, only if she brings home some bacon. No, it is like there is this commandment here, husbands, love your wives just as 
just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. You see, as Jesus went through the cross that we celebrated during communion, we're at this moment and at this tension here where husbands, Jesus calls us to lay down our lives for our wives. Men, I don't know any wife that would, wouldn't be happy to submit to the leadership and headship of a man that is prepared to lay down his life for her and that equally together they would be mutually submitted out of reverence, out of revering Christ. And that way, we are together. And then in verse 28, it says this, he who loves his wife loves himself. You see, there's a unity and a mutual submission together. Different roles, different purposes, different ways and different perspectives. But when we come together out of connection, it is there it is there that God commands the blessing. Come on, that's not all. Turn to the person and say, wait, don't wait, wait, that's not all, all right? Okay, so many other passages in the Bible that indicate submitting to love, submitting to one another in love. It's these scriptures where people have wrestled with a term that can help describe how we are, how we are to relate to everyone in the world. So, mutual submission. This is the term that we're looking at this morning. The word submission is a scary thought, to be honest. We have all sorts of experiences when it comes to being submitted. For some, it might mean, you know, you think it's handing over your life to someone else to do with whatever they wanted. Let me tell you, this is not what God is intending. You may have had a bad experience with a boss, a leader who has dictated terms and conditions to you. You have may, maybe even had a police officer who has pulled you over, of which it has been very necessary for you to be submitted in that moment. But the key is this, we cannot base a pr biblical principle, a kingdom key that opens doors on our bad experiences. I'm going to say that again. We cannot base a biblical principle, which is a kingdom key that opens doors, on our bad experiences. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, submission as a noun is this, the act of allowing someone or something to have power over you. You see, part of our Western culture says that we live in a free country. I know my rights. But you see, submission is defined by placing oneself under a superior force. And you see, that hurts my pride because does that immediately mean that I'm inferior? Absolutely not. You are who Jesus says you are. I am going to read out of uh, the Passion Translation of that Ephesians 5. And I love the wording of what it says. In verse 21, Ephesians 5, it says, And you honour Christ by yielding to one another. Be tenderly devoted to each other in love. Now, there are words that we, you would use between spouses. But how many know that we could probably be more devoted to one another, be more tender towards the stranger in the street? I think we can all agree that we would be that, 
that we could be that. So this is the definition that I want to use today in regards to mutual submission. This, to be mutually submitted means to show love toward the other person without compromising your identity in Christ, your role, purpose and responsibility and to one of them. To show love and honour toward the other person without compromising your identity in Christ, your role, purpose and responsibility. So, mutual submission is really what happens when people value, honour and love each other appropriately to their relationship, still whilst understanding that every person is created in the image of God. To achieve this, as I said before, we need to see each other through the kingdom prescription glasses to be able to see something differently it's a bit like this have you ever have you ever watched a 3d movie i know anna my wife she just can't stand 3d movies it's it just like it, it it messes with things right but uh have you ever tried watching a 3d movie without a set of 3d glasses the movie is flat unimpressive it's a bit fuzzy but it's like that until you put on those blue and red crazy looking 60s glasses glasses and everything suddenly comes to life the glasses then begin to take effect and make the overall experience not only more enjoyable but this word more immersive you get drawn into the picture you get drawn in and you become start to become it feels like you can reach out and touch things it feels like they're coming towards you no matter what movie you're watching there so our worldview is like a set of lenses that only make sense of the complicated world around us when we have those special set of kingdom lenses on without the glasses the truth is this we're not living to our potential and we're living in a false reality sometimes our inability to see the kingdom of god properly properly see the kingdom of god stems from an inability to look beyond the obvious once we get beyond the obvious we can actually start to answer the questions of what to do now i remember a movie called patch adams and uh, it's of the late robin williams and uh and uh patch adams he he he, he walks in uh to his uh, professor who's seen as a bit quirky and grumpy and everything and uh and patch adams he just can't see the uh, uh he, he can't see the answer to his problem and uh and the professor tells him to hold up four fingers just hold up four fingers for me just just hold them up in front of you and uh and uh and he says and he asks patch he says how many fingers do you see and he said well i see four See, you try it, you try it. Hold up four fingers and, and how many fingers do you see? It says four. And he goes, no, look beyond the fingers. And suddenly as you look far beyond the fingers, you could probably count about eight. You see, we focus so much upon what we think is the problem rather than focusing upon the solution that is behind the problem. It's the same with people. So often we see people as a problem 
as opposed to who God has called them to be, which is the real breakthrough that we're looking for. So we need to focus on the solution, not on the problem. The answer is in people. It's people that Jesus is passionate about. The government already sits on his shoulders. Whilst there are some crazy things going on around the world, focus on those people around you that you would walk past in the street. They will begin to see Jesus through you. If you've got your Bibles with you open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. In verse 18, it says, while we, look at, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Even in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, I love this scripture. It says, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. You see, this causes a shift in how we speak to and about others, how we treat others and how we begin to reflect a culture that is found only in heaven. This way, we begin to outwork the model prayer that Jesus gave. He said, thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven it's kingdom now kingdom now it's where our world gets elevated into a kingdom status amen so connection i started off by saying is key when we make mutually submitting to each other a focus, then we begin to build connection with others. Connection means that both people are loved, valued, and are safe. When connection breaks, then the relationship breaks. It encounters an issue just like a tissue. Hey, did you like that? If we encounter an issue. It wasn't planned. But anyway, I have a tissue here. I have a tissue here. And connection is a bit like this. I'm going to welcome Sam up onto the stage. Just put your hands together and welcome Sam. Come on, Sam. Fantastic. Sam and I are in great relationship. And you see, I might do all that I can. I might do all that I can to make this great relationship strong. I'll, I'll fold it, the tissue over. I'll make it, you know, it's, it's, it's reasonably good. You know, how do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. Of course, that's right. That was one for you kids. You can, uh, I am a dad. That's right. But see, the connection is like, is like this. Relationships are a bit like this. Remember, connection is the goal. If you build connection based on your own experience of relationship, then what starts to happen is we start to understand the weakness of this relationship. And a challenge comes along and starts to pull on that relationship. And the relationship doesn't stack up because we have not made connection the goal. All right, we're going to need to go to a wide camera angle for this one. But if we get a one-ton strap, I'm going to give you that end. This is my old trailer strap. But if we make connection as the absolute goal and we focus on connection, 
not the problem, but we focus on connection in our relationship and we do it that way, then that relationship can stand the test of the challenge. And that can be pulled on and pulled on. Why? Not that we're focusing upon the challenge. I weigh a bit more than Sam, I can tell. <laughs> but we can, we, see, we, fo- we don't focus upon the problem, but we focus upon the relationship. And when we focus upon the connection of the relationship, what happens then is that we live out a kingdom principle that says nothing will break this relationship because we honour one another more than the problem that we're overcoming together. Give Sam a hand. Thanks so much, Sam. That was like dangerous. I should have just let it go. And, you know, thanks very much, Sam. And Sam goes, wee, flying up. Okay. So relationships can be fragile, but connection is the goal to varying levels. It shows honour. Hurt and fear create retreating behaviour. Hurt and fear create retreating behaviour. But when we show honour, what we can actually agree on is we say, yeah, I feel safe with you. I'm safe because I know you love me. I know you honour me. I see you and I aim for connection. It's like in the scripture, John 13, verse 34. Turn to it if you can. John 13, verse 34 says, a new command I give you. You see, Jesus wasn't making a suggestion. He says, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. I want to invite you this week that you would step into a a bold sense of connection with others. In a few moments, a slide is going to appear on the screen underneath and it's going to have a square box with funny shapes in it. It's called a QR code. If you take your phone, uh, not just your house phone, if you take your mobile phone and open the camera and you hold that lens up onto that QR code, you will see a link that will open up. You will see this link that opens up and it's just there right now. I want to invite you, I want to invite you that we would walk together this week throughout a reading plan written by Andy Stanley and it's called Irresistible. I know that as we join together and read this plan, then your life is going to be impacted by it. I like what Apostle Paul Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. If you missed that QR code, you can come back to this video and revisit and grab that. But we will be sending out that link in uh, our uh, Team MCC this week, in 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 an email this week. You see, in Ephesians 4 and 5, Paul lays out And he says these words, he says, follow God's example. Walk in the way of love. As Jesus gave himself for the church, so must we give, so must we towards others. As we do this, this changes our focus 
from what do I base my life on? It changes my focus to who do I base my life on? Our kingdom perspective. Now remember, Psalm 133, when there's unity, God commands a blessing. When there's connection, when there's connection as a goal, relationships are strengthened. When we are mutually submitted to one another, it's so much easier to love one another because we are honouring each other as we live out this kingdom key of connection. It transforms your whole life and the lives of those around you. Now, before we end, I have this one disclaimer. Not everyone will be receptive to the love that you show. Even Jesus was rejected by many. However, Jesus makes this very clear promise. He says this. He says, he will never leave you. And when we love one another his way, there is always enough. When we show honour and love as we are mutually submitted to one another, eternal doors are then opened up. Your key to breakthrough is love. Our key to healing hope is love. So I want to ask you, I want to challenge you. Can you be mutually submitted to every person that you meet? To the extent of good and right connection? To the extent of love to one another? Can you show honour towards the other person simply based on the scripture that says that it is out of reverence for Christ? Can you show honour to that other person not based on their behaviour, but based on who Jesus is. Can you show honour for that other person simply because they are created in the image of God? I'm going to invite Pastor Rose and Sam just to minister in a song right now. And my prayer for you as we sing together, my prayer for you is that Jesus' presence would be so evident, empowering you to live out this new command that says, love one another as I have loved you.